0: Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Uh, This evening's scripture reading will be from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you open God's book, please, to John chapter 21? If you want an outline of this sermon, you can have it by leaving that passage open on your lap. John chapter 21. Now, Paul and I... Are doing a relay on this chapter. And last week he preached from chapter 21 and this week I want to do it. And we're going to take different angles to this. And um, John chapter 21 has some things in it that does not, that do not meet the eye. I want to go into it and let's see if we can pull them out. One of the things, that, things I love to study the Bible for is just this. There are There are hidden pearls all through Scripture. The longer you study it, the more you find them. Uh, Scripture study won't ever become monotonous or boring when you find these exciting things. And I hope you feel that way as we study John chapter 21 tonight. When you think about the word forgiveness in reference to Jesus, your mind opens up a whole room of thought. What are your favorite passages about forgiveness and so Psalm 103, you know, and we talk about as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Or Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Or, or repent and be baptized for the forgiveness, the remission of your sins. But when you get to cha- chapter 21, you see something real personal. This is about an individual and it's about Peter that I want you to think. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Tiberias is the Sea of Galilee. It's the Lake Gennesaret. All of these things are true. And uh, we we use these these, uh, names for the lake in exchangeable, you know, they're synonymous. I've always wondered why some of it's called a lake and sometimes it's called a sea, And the answer is that in ancient times, big, large bodies of water were referred to by the word sea. If you saw it, you wouldn't think it's an ocean, but it's a rather large body of water. And and so all these names apply to the sea of Tiberias, the lake Gennesaret, or what we like to call the Sea of Galilee. Jesus showed himself again. Now, that's very interesting. If you look at chapter 21 and verse 14, you'll see that the Bible references the third time he had shown himself. Well, go back to chapter 20 and verse 19. You'll see the first time that he shows himself to his disciples. This is after the resurrection, post-resurrection. Now, now the first one here in John 20 19 is when Thomas was missing on that Sunday night. Now, if you joke over to chapter 20 and verse 26, this is, the, this is eight days later. This is after uh, that. This is when Thomas is present a week later. And then when you come to chapter 21, verse 14, you have the third time. When you look over, and I can just turn one page in my Bible to Acts chapter 1, look at the first three verses and remember that Jesus showed himself after his resurrection to many people. I want to read Acts 1, but before I do, remember uh, over in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul makes the point that that Jesus, after his resurrection from the dead, was seen by above 500 brethren at once. So masses, large numbers of people, saw him after he died and he's alive again. That's really important. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, listen closely, To to whom, the apostles, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So, 40 days, many infallible proofs of his resurrection and thus that he's the son of God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 says the resurrection proves him to be the son of God. So he shows himself to his apostles, to the disciples, and you have reference to that here. Now verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus... Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Jesus is not with them. Excuse me. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So it's just the coming, the coming up of the sun. It's still dusk out there. It's still dark, a little dark. I kind of think he had a hood over his head, maybe a coat with a hood, because of how this thing plays out. Jesus said unto them, so you could see him hollering out across the lake, "Boys, have you any food?" I think it's interesting, parenthetically here, that that Jesus didn't look different and didn't sound differently from from other. Of, of the Jews. I mean, when you get to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and and the um, and that mob comes to arrest Jesus, why do you suppose they needed Judas to kiss him on the cheek? Why do you think they needed that? Why couldn't they? Why couldn't Judas have just said, "When you go to the garden, you'll you'll know him. He's the one with the halo on top of his head." Wouldn't that be, have been easier? Or he's the one who's wearing white linen. You'll see him because he stands out. He didn't stand out. And when he shouted at them. From the shore, boys, have you any food? That wasn't when they knew it was him. I don't think he sounded any different. I think he he was just one of the the men. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. One of my commentaries talks about this and says that maybe, I think it's Barclay, maybe what was happening is that Jesus on the bank was in a position where he could see the fish on the other side of that boat. And, and so that's all there was to that. Well, that's not true because the next verse says that it is this, what happened just now about the fish, that made Peter know this is Jesus. So there was something more than that to this. And therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, verse 7, said to Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was wearing only an undergarment, and plunged into the sea. He wants to get to Jesus as fast as he can. I think that's very strange. I, I, think, I think unless we see something more, that would leave a, a long mystery for us. Why? Well, it's because, because of what Peter did in the garden. I mean, you, you think about Abraham we sometimes say that you can follow Abraham by the smoke of his altars. I think that's beautiful. That's not what you'd say about Peter. What we would be more apt to say, I, th- I think, about Peter is that you could follow him by the by the blunders he would make. And I'm not, I, I love Peter just like you do. And I, I can't wait to be around him in eternity. And wouldn't it be something to sit down for a year or so and just talk to Peter? I'd love that. But, I mean, you remember. So you have him on the on the sea there and the and jesus is walking on water and let me come out and command me that i walk on the water with you and jesus did that and of course peter's faith wanes and he starts to sink or you see him in the upper room before the the crucifixion there at at the passover and jesus starts to wash the disciples feet and peter says no 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 you're not going to wash my feet this is inappropriate lord no no and jesus said if i don't wash you then you're none of mine well, don't just wash my feet. And Peter says, well, you know, it's embarrassing. It was kind of awkward. And then when Jesus said there at that same time, he said, now, all of you are going to be offended this night because of me. What did Peter say? No, they, they may, maybe everybody else, maybe they will be, but no, nah, I'm, I'm ready to go to prison and die with you. And no, no, I'm not like that. And that's when Jesus said, of course, before the con- crow, you'll deny me thrice. Then they go out, of course, from there, and they're in the garden there, and here comes, here comes the men with lanterns and weapons and all of that. And Peter cuts off the ear of Malchus, and Jesus rebukes him again. No, no, Peter. No, no, Peter. Put your sword up. <clears throat> it's not time for that. Put that up. So these things happen, but the big one, the big one, of course, was when Jesus is being tried. He's in the house of, of, of Caiaphas, and Peter's out there warming himself by the fire, Now, bear in mind that when you get to chapter 21, this has just happened, right? That was just before the crucifixion. John 21 is just after the crucifixion. Jesus is risen from the dead. And here was Peter while the trial at Caiaphas was going on. And somebody came up, one of the women came up and said, are you you with him, Jesus? I, I don't know the man. And then the second one came up. Remember how this happened? Did did, did I see you with him? No, no. And then the third time it happened, and old Peter starts to cuss like a fisherman. And the Bible says that that at that time that that Jesus and Peter's eyes met, I don't know just how that worked. Maybe Jesus was sitting by a window. I don't know, but that there was just this moment when their eyes met. And... The Bible says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Now, that's the last you see of Peter. <clears throat> that's the last you see of him that night. Where did he go? What, what, the Bible doesn't say. Where do you suppose he went after that? Did you ever make a, a big mistake? Did you, ever, did you ever make a big mistake that creates some self-loathing and you just... What, what, what did you do? And the answer is that we probably didn't want to be around people that we admire or we are very close to in Christ. We, we probably wanted to go off somewhere by ourselves, sort of a, a self-imposed isolation. We, we, don't wanna, we just want to go. And, and did he go off somewhere by himself and just sit and rehearse the matter? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? That was such a stupid thing. to do. Why did I do that? I denied him. He said I would deny him. And then look at me. Look at what I did. I crumbled at the most important time of all. And I crumbled and I didn't defend him. I denied him. And I can't take it back. I can't reverse that. Did you ever do something like that? Did you ever find yourself in that situation? At this point, it becomes very interesting to me to see see the interaction between Peter and Jesus. How did uh, Jesus deal with that? And so, what you have here in John 21 is this miracle of the fish by which Peter and the others know that that's Jesus on the bank there. And... And Peter can't wait for what would be a normal way to get to the bank. He just flings himself into the water to get to Jesus. I don't, you know, I, right now I don't get that. Till I read farther, it's, I mean, deeper. You don't get that because it looks like he would be shy to be close to Jesus, right? If this were the first time that he and Jesus were together after the denial, doesn't it seem to you that, well, Peter would be doing is trying to keep his distance, keep a distance. All right, that gets us to the point that I want to make here. Jesus had already met with Peter before this happened. Jesus, after his resurrection, among those apostles, you ready for this? Wanted to meet with Peter first. Of all those apostles, he wanted to meet with Peter first. He wanted to get to Peter first. So, in Mark chapter sixteen, seventeen, when the women are around around the tomb and Jesus has been resurrected, the angel says, "Go tell his disciples." Ready for this? And Peter, go tell his disciples and Peter. Why would the, why would the angels say it that way? Because excuse me, Peter's one of the one of the disciples too. Why would he say that? And the answer is that, that Peter's denial has already separated, at least in their minds and somebody's mind. It's always, Peter is already sort of segregated off. He's separated off from the other apostles. The angel said, go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, what about this one? Luke 24, 34. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. <laughs> But now the best one is yet to come. It's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4. Listen closely. Jesus, he was raised the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. He appeared to Peter and then he appeared to the 12. I do not know the content of that conversation between our Lord and Peter, but... Can you just use your imagination with me about how that went? Can you imagine Peter who wept bitterly and just took off and then Jesus was of course there in the midst of his trial with Caiaphas and then Pilate and Herod and Pilate and then the, the scourging in the cross and, and now he, he's resurrected from the dead and I don't know where that meeting between Jesus and Peter occurred. I just know that Jesus wanted to get with Peter. I got to get to Peter. And I suppose Peter wept bitterly. Peter must have cried and cried. And then there was this forgiveness from our Lord. And I know that that in 40 days from the resurrection and all of these infallible proofs, I know that Acts chapter 2 and the birth of the church at Pentecost is going to happen. And who is the main preacher That we have recorded in Acts 2. And the answer is Peter. And Peter's going to stand up. And I suppose in that climate he knew that he might die on that day for our Lord. But I'll tell you this. That's a hill to die on. And he was ready to do that. And that takes us back to John 21. And when they realized it was Jesus on that bank... The Bible says that Peter didn't wait for the normal means of easing over there to the bank. He just flung himself into the water to get to Jesus as quick as he... When when you and I really understand and accept forgiveness through Jesus, it draws us so very close to him. Verse 8. And the other disciples came in the little boat they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. I don't know if what I'm about to tell you matters. I just think it's an interesting uh, tidbit of scripture. You have this word for fire in in the book of Revelation. Uh, Twenty-five times in the book of Revelation you have this Greek word for fire, but it's not the same one here. The Greek word for for this fire kindled with coals is just in the scriptures twice. It only occurs twice. And, And it's here in John 21. And the other place is John 18 and verse 18. And it's the fire that Peter was warming himself by during the trial of our Lord. Don't you think that's something? Same word for fire. Verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing it was the Lord. The only reason I I can imagine that this reads this way is because Jesus maybe had a hood over. The coat that he wore wasn't fully light. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And then I'm not going to go into it. Paul spent a good bit of time on this. But then you have these three questions that Jesus asks Peter. And and, and when we read it, it seems a little laborious. And Peter becomes frustrated. But I believe it accomplished its purpose because when you get down to verse 17... Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do you love me?" And he said to him, "Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you." See, this is different. This is different. You you, you go back to Peter in the in that upper room at the Passover just before the crucifixion, and Jesus said, "All of you are going to be offended this night because of me." Remember what Peter said? <laughs> no, no, Lord, no, you're wrong about that. Excuse me. Excuse me. J- Is Jesus ever wrong about something? And Peter had to come to the place where, and that's that's where you have to come to And me. Jesus brought him, had to bring him to the place where he knows. Peter knows that Jesus knows him better than he knows himself. He knows you better than you know yourself. And that we come to the place of trusting him to the degree that whatever he says, even if it doesn't coincide with what I think, Even if it doesn't coincide, what do I think about myself? Whatever he says is the truth. He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know all things. You know that I love you. I love John 21. I love it because it's one of the miraculous evidences of the resurrection of my Lord. And I need those infallible proofs because they demonstrate that he truly is the son of God. It validates our faith tonight. But I love it because of Peter and because Jesus wanted to hurry after he came out of that tomb. (laughs) He wanted to find Peter. I got to say something to Peter. Peter and I have to have a talk and it needs to be right now. And Peter... In John 21, could not wait to get to the Lord. When you know the forgiveness that comes by Jesus Christ, you want to stay with the Lord. You always want to stay with the Lord. I wonder if somebody here is here tonight, not a Christian, wouldn't it be a great thing to obey the gospel? Wouldn't you like to wear the name of Jesus and to say, truthfully say, I'm a Christian. People who can biblically wear that name, are those who have become his disciples. And we become his disciple, is part of his family when we obey the gospel. And If you want to repent of your sins and confess him, you can be immersed in water just because he said so for the forgiveness of sins. And you can do that tonight. We'd be so happy to help you to obey the gospel. And if you need the prayers of Christians tonight, we'd be so happy to do that. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at collie at westhuntsville.org.